Hello and welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a place where we explore the mysteries and secrets of cryptids, ghosts, and more. I'm your host, Gary, and today my lovely wife, Goldie Ann, is joining me as co-host. You changed it. I'm allowed to do that. It's been a hundred episodes. I think you can change it every once in a while. Well, yeah, but that's not what people are expecting to hear. Cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries. Well, when you walk within the mist, you should expect the unexpected. Oh, my God. All right. You may continue. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I do have some announcements. As we've been talking about, I have a book that's scheduled for release on 1 October on Amazon. Please check it out by clicking the link in our show notes or on our social media. It should become live anytime now, definitely by the time you guys receive this podcast episode. Uh, first, we have Hidden Within the Mists, a collection of 30 stories of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries retold by me and my style, so hopefully you'll enjoy that. And then we have Dad Jokes for the Paranormal Dad. <laughs> uh, categorized by different types of the paranormal so that if you ever fall feel like you need a need for a joke about the beast of Bray Road, I got you covered. <laughs> oh boy, I'm sure that's going to come in handy. They just keep it in their back pocket, right? It's a little bit big for the back pocket, but it'll be handy there whenever they need it. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking the bathroom. Oh God, okay. Also, as an announcement, Paranormality Magazine is having their vote for the podcast of the month. We usually don't advertise it, but I kind of wanted to just to see how we would do in the top 10, if we would make it or not. So a link to the voting is there. You can vote up to three times, which means you can vote for up to three different podcasts, or you could vote for, say, Within the Mist three times. Who knows? Go crazy. Uh Please uh, do take a look at the link and take a look at the magazine, which is very well done and has been a favorite of ours for quite a while now. Lastly, I want to touch on Paracon, which will be held at the Heard Opera House on October 13th in Arcadia, Florida. Definitely having a link to this as well. It's a free event, and what they're doing is, is they're starting up a very first conference covering topics of the paranormal. So, of course, you have to hold it in a haunted opera house. And Goldie Ann and I will be holding our very first live episode at that convention. So it'll be your chance, if you're in attendance, to share your stories of ghosts or maybe creatures on the woods or lights in the night sky. Some just good old-fashioned ghost stories because that's what it's all about. Ghost stories are definitely Goldie Ann's favorite. So if you have a ghost story or have you seen a ghost or family has seen a ghost, this is a good chance for you to share it online. But first, before we begin with our episode, a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. So Goldie Ann. What? Talking about my dad joke book. Oh God. Got me so excited. And I know it got you excited. So I know you can't wait. So, what did the ghost teacher say to her class? This is boo sheet. I don't think teachers use that kind of language, even in the afterlife. The ghost teacher said, keep your eyes on the chalkboard while I go through it again. Mm -hmm. 
Oh my gosh. Wow. Seem much cleaner than yours. Yeah. It's something. I don't know. I'm sure you'll get it right eventually. Today's story involves child deaths, disease, and haunting spirits. These events may be upsetting to some of our listeners. We are storytellers who have compiled tales of some of our cherished mysteries to share with you. We're not trying to frighten our audience, though a bit of suspense never hurts. Listener discretion is always advised. You're just changing up everything. Gotta keep it going. Gotta keep keeping people guessing. And we open with, right next to Huntville's revered Maple Hill Cemetery, which is known as the oldest and largest cemetery in Alabama, is a tiny playground with the typical swing set and climbing equipment. Surrounded by trees, it's quiet and solemn. However, this playground isn't quite like any other you would find. As people walk by, they often witness strange phenomena. The limestone that lines the sides of the playground has created many caves in the area, giving it a shadowy, mysterious atmosphere and an ominous feeling. The close proximity to the local cemetery only heightens its spooky aura. Locals have taken to call the playground by a much more macabre name. Join us today as we play Within the Mists of Alabama to discover the Dead Children's Playground. Oh my God, how morbid. I'm going to ask you that same question at the end of the story and see how if your opinion has changed. Okay. Chapter 1, A Wolf Amongst the Lambs. The urban legend for the haunting of the playground is supposedly traced back to the 1940s and 50s, when in 1945 to 1955, a limestone quarry was being dug out on the outer bank, and it filled the air with the grating sound of machinery and dynamite. As large chunks of rock were hewn away, deep pits were left in their wake creating vast cavities that revealed giant pits and canyons, their depths cloaked in shadow and filled with secrets. It wouldn't take long until rumors of snatched children began to spread like wildfire through the streets of Huntsville in the early 1960s. Parents would fill their evenings with whispered warnings of disappearances and night watch guards. They would lock their doors and closely watch their children as daily reports of child abduction sent shockwaves through the small city. Meanwhile, children dreamt fitfully of monsters lurking in the unseen alleys and doorways, scared to even go outside to play. Weeks passed, and with no ransom request for any of the children, a dreaded thought took root in many of the people's minds. Had the kidnapper not only abducted the children, but also killed them? Grief-stricken parents lit candles at vigils, while some spoke out angrily against the police, who they felt weren't doing enough to find their missing children. 
A small, delicate skull was found amongst the rocks in an abandoned limestone quarry. It confirmed their suspicions. A site worker stumbled upon a small, bleached skull with fragile bones peeking through tufts of sandy hair. The discovery entrenched the community's fears, validating what they had always remained unspoken. As the investigation continued, more skeletal remains were unearthed in the limestone area. It seems the caves were being used as tombs. The forensic team saw that they belonged to other children who had recently gone missing. Amidst the horror, there were a few pieces of clothing and trinkets amongst the bones, silently hinting at the identities of those who would never be found alive. In a desperate plea for answers, the parents bombarded police and government officials with questions. There were rallies in the town square and vigils at the churches. But despite their pleas, no one could confirm the identity of the child killer or anyone else involved. The discovery of the bodies ended the string of abductions, but police never did identify the killer or any of the accomplices. The investigation that followed revealed only one thing. This was an unsolved mystery. Now, Goldie Ann, it is worth mentioning that although there are many stories about this local legend of a serial killer of children, I couldn't find any reliable sources, such as a newspaper article, to back them up. Right. It would seem that this is strictly an urban legend. Okay. Sadly, the true story of the dead children is even worse. Great. Hmm. Chapter 2. The Spanish Flu. As per the Alabama Department of Public Health, the deadly Spanish flu arrived in Huntsville on September 25th of 1918. In just 10 days, it had already spread to the entire population of Huntsville. An article in the Birmingham News from October 5th reported over 1,100 cases of Spanish influenza in Huntsville alone. Parents in the town nervously explained to their children why they needed to stay indoors and to keep the windows closed, including using a sing-song reminder. Children learned this by heart as a way to keep themselves protected against the disease. I had a bird. Its name was Enza. I opened the window and influenza. <laughs> I know it's kind of cutesy, but it was just meant to keep the kids to remember that they had to keep the window closed or influenza would get in. Wow. Now, on October 13th, the Birmingham News reported that only one local pharmacist and one local doctor hadn't been infected with the Spanish influenza for Huntsville. Desperate telegrams pleaded for assistance were sent from Huntsville to Montgomery, due to the dire strait of affairs in the city caused by the Spanish influenza epidemic. Without proper medical care, everything seemed bleak. Bodies filled the streets, once vibrant with life, now 
silent and still. The sick children cried out in agony as they laid on makeshift beds in their homes, unable to find a place amongst the already overflowing hospitals. Whatever medical staff, doctors, and nurses, they all worked tirelessly around the clock, their faces etched with exhaustion and despair. They would place dark quarantine marks on painted on the doors of homes as a warning to keep away. Physicians donned long coats and masks before tending to their patients. And soon after, family members began succumbing one by one until their bodies were loaded onto carts and transported to makeshift morgues by plodding horses. <laughs> this time period was a scene of unimaginable horror as the pandemic swept through Huntsville, Alabama, leaving destruction and only death in its wake. In a world where death seemed to lurk on every corner, only one thing was certain, that the flu would spare no one, including the children. The Maple Hill Cemetery was the final resting place for many children who fell ill to the Spanish flu during the 1918 pandemic. Records indicate that the number of deceased infants and children could have been in the hundreds of children. Their small graves marked the sad end of their lost, useful lives. Now the land where the old quarries stood had been quietly donated to the city of Maple Hill in 1985. There were public meetings, debates, and negotiations happening at the town hall as they discussed how to use the neglected space. In time, plans were made and approved to build a park on the site. This site would be directly over the location where the local legend says that the bodies of murdered children had been discovered. Even more heartbreakingly, it would be built just a stone's throw away from the grave sites of those who had perished in the Spanish flu pandemic. Now, regardless of the cause of being connected to murdered children of the 1960s or being victims of the Spanish flu, something strange and wondrous began to occur after the construction of this small park. Did you say wondrous? Wondrous. Wow. Okay. Chapter 3. The Playground for the Living and the Dead. Oh, the little babies have someplace to play? That's awesome. Didn't you just say it was morbid? Oh, right. No, the cemetery is morbid. Playground's okay. Okay. Well, a bunch of babies in a cemetery is sad. Very sad. Okay, it's morbid. Okay, so... Playground... I guess the name Playground... No, oh, I don't know. Just read. Are, are you... A bit conflicted today? Yes. All right, My well, brain's going to explode. Well, hopefully this chapter makes you feel even better. During the daylight hours, this area is quite pleasant and attractive. Trees circle the area and there are birds singing. At the top of the park, there is a picnic shelter with a walkway that leads down into a shady playground. 
This consists of tables for picnics, swings, and an elaborate climbing fort. Now you might find it strange that they would build a playground so close to the cemetery. But this was mostly meant for families to have their children when they would go to visit the graves or clean up the sites. Locals had high hopes for the playground when it was first built. However, within a few short weeks of its completion, reports began to emerge of eerie occurrences coming from the area at night. Before long, people started telling tales of ghostly children playing in the park after nightfall, giving rise to its nickname, Dead Children's Playground. I wonder why they'd only come out at night. Probably because the living get it during the day, the dead get it at night. Yeah, but the dead like playing with the living, especially what? kids. I guess not here. Yeah. Although I do, we'll, we'll touch on a theory when I get to it. Okay. Locals believe that the apparitions of these children leave their resting place to play and frolic under the moonlit hours between 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. The witching hour. Well, this is usually after most living little ones have gone to bed. There have been spooky sounds coming from the playground at night. They consist of high-pitched giggles, shrill laughter, and faint distant calls, as if children were shouting out to one another from far away. There is a mysterious harmony between the whispers and the giggles, which seems to come in all directions, as if the spirits of the dead children are playing hide-and-seek in the park, peeking around some of the trees or hidden up into the play fort. There is a sense of continuous connection in the air, like a whisper of life that lingers despite being fleeting and intangible. The ghostly voices of children are often accompanied by faint rustling noises, like leaves in the wind or birds fluttering in the tree. Voices of mothers can also be heard on the wind, their words traveling through the night like a haunting melody. They call out with a deep sorrow in their voices, calling for their lost children to come back to them, a plea that echoes in the darkness. There is a sweet and sorrowful tone to their voices that can't help but fill those who hear it with a feeling of melancholy. The playground may be empty, but the swings set sway on their own, with not even the slightest of a breeze. The dull sound of rusty metal chains against the piping echoes in the air as the swings go back and forth, never stopping, never ceasing. Some have reported seeing puffs of dust scatter across the ground with each push of an unseen child's feet as if they had never left the playground. Soft specks of dirt fly off on the ground with each beat as if a ghostly child had just pushed off to soar ever higher on the swing set. From high above the park, People have also claimed to have seen a ghostly figure of a man gazing down on the playground below. 
The man's face is shadowy and indistinct, with only a pair of glowing white eyes that seem to look straight through your soul if he catches you in the playground after dark. His expression is grim and unyielding, and he stands motionless on the hillside, as if in a trance. His clothes are faded and tattered, as if they had seen many years in the rain and sun. He stares silently down at the playground, almost as if mourning childhood's lost innocence. What's he doing there? Well, maybe he's the reason that permits the children to enter the playground at night. Could this be the same murderer who once caused so much fear? Their victims left behind like forgotten dolls? Or is he some guardian angel to these children, ensuring that they get a night of frolic and fun undisturbed by the living? I thought you said that was an urban legend. So therefore, then it's not the murderer. So leads the people to believe that it might be a guardian angel. Okay. I would like to think that. And he leads the children from the cemetery down to the playground to play. And he watches over them to make sure nothing happens, and he probably leads them back. Also, there's other strange occurrences happening. On multiple occasions, people have claimed to have seen a procession of hooded figures emerge from the rock wall behind the playground. Witnesses describe it as though they were walking out from the stone itself and that they then drift across the play area in a neat line before fading away one after another into the rock wall. The limestone may have dug a little too deep and maybe it touched upon something supernatural allowing spirits to come through the veil during the night in this playground. What is even odder or more strange is that some people have found glowing orbs in their photos of the dead children's playground after getting them developed. These glowing orbs of the ghost children look like ethereal specters suspended in midair. They seem to shimmer with an otherworldly light that shifts from blue to purple and back again. They seem to have a mysterious energy emanating from them, and they are almost transparent, as if you could reach out and touch them through the photos. Yeah. Chapter 4. Bringing the Playground Back from the Dead Though ethereal phantoms may haunt the dead children's playground, it is still managed to charm the locals of Huntsville. In 2007, voices in the city of Huntsville began to raise the alarm that Maple Hill Cemetery was running out of room. After much debate, a decision was made. The playground would be destroyed to make room for additional grave plots. The city of Huntsville held a solemn ceremony as they watched bulldozers plow through the playground swings slides, and other equipment that had meant so much to the local and the afterlife community. I think they could have just built a different cemetery. It didn't, in 2007, that didn't happen. Instead, in its place, new headstones rose like ghosts as the cemetery prepared for more burials. Anger and sadness filled the air when the playground was demolished, leaving only a pile of rubble in its place. 
The old site had been destroyed, but the townspeople wouldn't stand for it any longer. Children and parents of all ages gathered to rebuild the playground piece by piece. Even though they couldn't see them, the locals knew that the spirits of the departed children danced and laughed alongside with them. Today, though the park is off-limits during the evening hours, that doesn't stop people from venturing in and seeking a glimpse of what lies beyond, hoping to catch a glimpse of what lies beyond the playground. It's pretty cool. I like it. Is it so morbid? No. <laughs> kind of a sweet story, I would think. Yeah. Now, I didn't like the serial killer part. I know. I didn't like it either. And in fact, I don't know why it got created. I guess they needed a reason for there to be ghost children. So people started creating this mythical killer of children. And that's who the ghosts are in the playground. Isn't the Spanish flu enough? I don't. Well, that's the problem. A lot of time, urban legends are just created. They aren't created by people who have any real working of history. If someone had worked, in the history, yeah, they would have discovered that over a hundred, you know, children, I mean, we're talking babies, you know, they can't survive that flu. And so there was so many dead children died during that short period from the Spanish flu. It would be easy to believe that they would be the ones that would be haunting the dead children's playground. Right. So that's who I feel is there is that it's those Spanish flu victims because if spirits are those who have unfinished business, then children have the most unfinished of them all. Yeah. They missed out on the opportunity to grow up, the opportunity to play, even to enjoy life. So if there's going to be a ghostly spirit there, then children would definitely be that. Right. And it's a sweet thought of children still playing together in the afterlife, pushing each other on the swings, climbing up the fords, playing hide and go seek. Mm -hmm. It is a sweet story. But before we go, I want to remind everyone that we are on social media and would love to hear your stories and opinions about the Dead Children Playground. You can reach us on our Facebook page, Within the Mist Podcast. We are also on Instagram and have an email at withinthemistpodcast at gmail.com for any of you who would like to share your ghost stories. We hope you enjoyed our story of the Dead Children Playground. And we'll come again for another episode. Until then, push each other a little higher on the swings and remain constantly curious. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys.